Welcome to the Gut Doctor Podcast, where Dr. Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Gut Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Neil Parikh, and today we continue the Food as Medicine series with registered dietitian Jamie Allers. Jamie Allers is a registered dietitian at Harford Healthcare's Digestive Health Center. Today, we're going to discuss gluten-free or celiac diet. Jamie, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So we hear the term gluten-free used liberally. Is there truly a difference between gluten-free diet and a celiac diet? Great question. So not necessarily. When a person is diagnosed with celiac disease, the recommendation is to follow a gluten-free diet. So technically both diets describe a way of eating that avoids or eliminates gluten. Okay. So kind of the same thing. It's mostly the, the term is based on if you have the diagnosis or not. Yeah, so, absolutely. So what do you, when, when a patient first comes to you, they've just been told they have celiac disease by their gastroenterologist or their primary care provider. What do you tell them when they first come in? So first, I always like to ask questions to really get to know that person a little bit better and see how they're currently eating and what type of life lifestyle that they're living. This is really important because if I don't have this information, it's hard to know like what types or sources of gluten you might be consuming currently, or if there are any major barriers that you come across when you're trying to adopt a gluten-free diet. For instance, if you're really busy, like most of us are these days, if you need really, really quick options, then it's important to know that so I can give you suggestions as to what would be appropriate. Or if you go out to eat really frequently at restaurants, do you cook meals for your family at home? And maybe your family isn't going to be adopting a gluten-free lifestyle. So all of this really helps me to customize that individual plan for that patient. And then from there, I can go into education as to what foods actually have gluten in it to look out for. The big ones are being any foods that contain wheat, barley, or rye. And then looking into less obvious sources of gluten, such as those might be in, you know, different vitamin or mineral supplements, or even some skincare products can actually contain gluten. So it's really important to get a good grasp on what to avoid, but it's also just as important to know what it is you can eat and place the focus on that. It can feel very restricting when you initially adopt a change in diet. So if you kind of shift the focus over to what it is you can eat, like unprocessed meat, like beef, poultry, like chicken, fresh fruit and vegetables, different nuts and seeds, eggs, dairy, all of these foods are generally naturally gluten-free. I mean, great points. I mean, even with, with any diet, and we'll talk about other diets too, is a lot of people feel like diets are very restrictive. So you're true. You're right. If you if you flip that and rather than saying you're restricted, you show them what they can eat, that does change their perspective. Um, also, yeah, I, I didn't realize, you know, when I first started uh, GI, um, that many supplements actually contain gluten. Um, I, I think I think it was a fiber supplement that we were, one of my patients and I were discussing, and we didn't realize since we looked it up that there was gluten in the fiber supplement. So it's, it is interesting that, you know, you mentioned supplements and eye skincare products as well. Yeah, it can be in a lot of different places. So I have patients, you know, who go ahead and they tell me that they've gone gluten-free and suddenly a week later, now their, their bowels have changed and they're constipated. So they're, 
it's almost like they feel worse initially because, you know, they've gone, they have celiac, they have some subtle bowel irregular or belly pain, they go gluten-free and now they're constipated. Have you come across this? You know, is there any tips or tricks to avoid this scenario? Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of the irony that, right, you're adopting a new lifestyle, you're trying to do something to generally improve your health, and now you have these new complaints. So generally with any significant change in your diet, you can have change in bowel habits. I think another good example of that is maybe when you travel or you go on vacation, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes you go to a different environment and you see a change and it's, you know, that can, that can even lead to a difference in how you're using the bathroom. So in regards to a gluten-free diet, this can often occur due to a change in how much fiber or what type of fiber you're eating. So for example, you know, if you were eating a lot of wheat-based whole grains, like whole grain bread or whatnot, your fiber intake might go down. Or maybe you were someone who ate a lot of different snack foods, like pretzels and chips, and now you're eating a lot more fruits and vegetables, your fiber intake went up. So some tips would be to just try to keep up with hydration, ideally from those beverages that don't contain caffeine. So water is the best example of that, just to help keep bowel regularity. A good starting point is maybe 64 ounces, or you'll hear the phrase eight glasses per day really often, but honestly, everyone is different here. So just get a grasp on how much water you're currently drinking. Even just one additional cup a day would be an improvement. So start small if you need to, and also get that variety of fiber in your diet. So, you know, make a point to include fiber from all different places. Don't just get it from fruits, you know, try fruits and vegetables, nuts, beans or legumes, or even other gluten-free grains like brown rice and quinoa. So you're getting all different types of fiber. There's both soluble and insoluble fiber two categories. So by getting a variety of foods, you get a variety of sources of fiber that can help with regulating bowel movements. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess the key point there is variety, variety, variety. Yeah. It's always funny when people mention water, or I read, you know, eight glasses, eight glasses a day. And then I look back and worry about when's the last time I had a glass of water, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so 64 yeah. ounces seems like a lot, but it, there's clearly a lot of value in drinking that water. Um, so two other questions that patients with celiac disease often ask me are related to cross-contamination and if it's okay to cheat with their gluten-free diet. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. And that's definitely a question that I get a lot as well. And we can't stress the fact enough that we are all humans. We can't control every single thing in our life. We try to do the best that we can. Right. And that's all we can really ask of with this as well. However, you know, with that being said, this really is the best treatment for celiac disease is maintaining a gluten-free diet. And there's really no particular amount that I can say is, oh, well, we know that this amount is safe or that amount is not safe. The, the real treatment is just trying to avoid gluten pretty much wherever you can. So again, like some patients have very obvious symptoms if they consume gluten. So let's say you get bloating immediately after you consume it. Whereas other patients may not be aware that they're consuming gluten if they have nutrient deficiencies possibly that aren't as obvious, if it's, you know, anemia or um, even something like osteoporosis for that matter, right? Like you may not know that's happening compared to when you're getting severe GI symptoms after you consume something. So it makes it difficult to know even when you're trying your best, if you've, if you have had almost an, you know, unintentional exposure, but you know, really the recommendation is to do your best as, as often as you can. 
Great. Um, have you recommended gluten-free diets for any diseases other than celiac disease? Yeah, so there is a category of people that have gluten sensitivity, which is not necessarily diagnosed celiac disease, but they do find that when they eliminate, eliminate gluten, that they'll have an improvement in symptoms such as bloating, gas, or stomach pain, sometimes even you know, fatigue or improvement in energy levels. So going gluten-free could be helpful for those who have even you know, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, or even an irritable bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. So, you know, ultimately we never want to over-restrict our diet for no reason. So this is why, you know, even though these categories of people may benefit from it, it's always important to work with someone who can really make sure that you continue to maintain that balanced, adequate, healthful diet. If you're going to be eliminating a certain type of food or a larger food group, uh, and really just make sure it's worth your while if you're going to adopt that into your lifestyle. I think that's a very important point. I think whenever we talk about low FODMAP diets or any of these diets, yeah, I always try to stress to my patients, it's a lot of these diets you do for a limited period of time to see if there's truly value in it, especially if you don't have a condition like celiac disease, um, because otherwise it gets difficult and you're, you could be harming yourself with other nutritional imbalances. So uh, very, very important point. Um, yeah. Jamie, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I feel like dietary guidance is critical for every GI illness, you know, few we mentioned today. Uh, I have so many more questions. I feel like other diets, whether it's weight loss and uh, other diseases too, that I'd love, definitely love to have you back on this show. Absolutely. We'd love to be back. And, um, you know, hopefully everyone can take what they need from this information and of course, contact and reach out to your team if you need additional support in this, because it is, it's so important in so many different health concerns. Uh, that's a great point. So, uh, you know, Jamie is at the Digestive Health Center, uh, which is part of Harford Healthcare. Um, and I know, you know, she's available to be reached through the Digestive Health Center. Um, well, that does it for this episode of in the Food as Medicine series. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to the Gut Doctor podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gut Doctor podcast. For additional information about today's topic, please visit ConnecticutGI.org. Your feedback is important to us, so please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Gut Doctor, and if you think you may need to see a gastroenterologist, just trust your gut.